little better. Let's get a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little Lila, Casey, you guys were amazing. You guys, the rest of you were okay. You two specifically were amazing. Come on in, my friend. Come on in. God's so good. God is so good. Yeah, thank you, Sergio. Yeah, you come shanging them sit with Sergio. Hey, look, uh, we're going to receive our tithes and offering, and uh, just thankful. Just thankful, and so, uh, yeah. Hey, EJ, I need your help. So, Jesus, we love you and bless you. And uh, we're about to give unto you, God. And uh, we ask, we ask that tonight that you multiply the offering. Uh, you meet the needs, Jesus. And, and I pray, God, that you just fulfill your promises in your word, that you bless those that give. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So good. So, um, thank you. I wasn't, uh, wasn't expecting a, a card tonight, but uh, you guys, yeah, I know you guys make me cry. Love it. We always get bigger offerings when the kids take it up. So, uh, Ethan must have been, I've told this probably before, but Ethan, Ethan must have been like five or six when we were in Corpus Christi, and we had the kids take up offering, and, and it was the longest offering we've ever had, because Ethan and like three other kids did, and I'm not kidding, they had the plate, and they stood in front of each person, <laughs> and so they could put it in the plate. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was, good. It was a good offering, too. So, um, I'm, 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 yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a mess. We, we had, a lot of us spent last week, and, and it's, it's, it's different. Like, like, we went to, a lot of us were in Fort Worth, Texas for the awakening. Um, you know, 1,500 Nazarenes um, crying out for revival and, uh, in, our, in our nation, in our church. Uh, which is what we desperately need. Uh, contrary to popular, popular belief, we really do need revival. And revival is a good thing. Amen. Now, it's an indictment against the church that we need revival. <laughs> because to revive something, it needs to be dead. Right? <laughs> but, but revival is a good thing. And we need it. And it was so, it's just so amazing. So amazing to me. It's fifth year going. Um, Next year, we were talking Crestwood Sunday about trying to charter a bus and just taking a whole mess of people down there. Um, but I, I tell you, I'd probably be selling cars right now if it wasn't for this particular ministry. Amen. Or I'd be teaching high school history, one of the two. I'm probably selling cars because I can make more money doing that than I could <laughs> teaching. It's just truthful. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. Normally, and I preach Sunday at Crestwood, um, but normally... Um, I, I, I come back and I have something very specific in my heart and, and I had something in my Crestwood just kind of it was out of my heart I shared but I had something I felt like I wanted to share here tonight and uh, we've been talking about this idea of a kingdom culture and I've been trying to talk about the last few weeks what is River City Hope really about and, and because if, if what we do 
and this is just me saying, talking tonight. If, if all we ever do is just come and have some good church services where sometimes the hair on the back of your neck stands up, and that's all we've ever done, I, I feel like we failed. We tried, come on. <laughs> and, and I have failed, my wife has failed, my family's failed, my team has failed. Um, because like, as much as I want revival, I, I don't want it to stop there. Uh, yeah. Real revival, let me say this, revival can be one of two things. It, it, can, it can be a, a time period of some really strong and powerful meetings, or it can be sustained. And if it becomes sustained, it becomes something different. It becomes reformation, which is what we actually are uh, celebrating here. This Sunday's Reformation Sunday. Yeah. It's actually the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation of, of Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses on the door of the Wittenberg Church, which is a big deal, yeah. right? Which is why, by the way, uh, if he had not have done that, you would not have this in your hands, yeah. okay? Uh, which is a big deal. And, uh, and, and you guys would be paying the clergy to get you out of purgatory, which is just a stupid, stupid thing. And so I'm, I'm glad he did it. But, I sorry, you know, if they, someone gets offended, that's okay. But real revival, we want the type of revival that's going to turn into reformation. Amen. What's reformation? It's, it's what changes the society. It's what changes a, a, a city. And, and that's what we that's what we're going after. And so one of the things is, well, how is revival sustained? And one of the ways that I found and I've had to repent for the Lord is revival, I think, is sustained through a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like we're not a group of people that just meet on on Friday nights or Sundays at Crestwood. We, we should be a family. Amen. Yeah. And this isn't even on my notes, so I don't know. But but we should be family. And so there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that I'm so thankful for. There's a spirit of unity in the leadership, um, the, in the leadership between both churches, actually. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that God's going to do. And I think that we're on the cusp of something. What yes, God's yeah. doing here is important. Amen. And what God Amen. is going to do in you and through you is very important. Yeah. I'm just going to say Amen. that. And so we're talking about what... What is the kingdom culture and what is River City Hope about? Because I really, like, if someone says, well, where do you go to church? I just don't want you to be able to say, we go to River City Hope. I want you to say, we go to River City Hope where the Holy Spirit moves, That's where right. he's the most important person that attends our church. That's right. Amen. <laughs> it's, not the wor- it's not the worship pastor. It's, it's not the preacher. It's not the, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. That's so right. Is. That's yeah. the most important. I want you to be able to say that we believe that we lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on. We believe that if you come in here, that you're going to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. And if you were lost, you're going to become found. And we want you to be able to talk about those things. We believe, we talked a lot two weeks ago, that we're a culture of honor. Like we honor those that are speaking. We honor, we honor our peers. We honor those the Lord has entrusted us with. And we honor our authorities, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the public life. We do not ever 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 dishonor anyone because if you dishonor people it disqualifies you from the blessings that's on their life wow. yeah, that's it does what's dishonor it's being jealous of someone mm-hmm. <coughs> if you can't celebrate someone else's blessing Amen. it automatically disqualifies you from receiving that blessing yeah. so we talked about that and so we honor people we honor people we honor the gift that's 
on their life. Yes. Okay? So one of the things that <coughs> I told April, I'm like, this is, <coughs> when I write a sermon, in my mind, and I don't know, I have lots of preachers here. In my mind, the sermon looks like this. In other words, you, you build, you build, you build, you hit a climax, and you bring it in for a landing. And it's, it's, it's an arc. It, it, it really is an arc. Sergio's like, bring it to a landing already, Michael. <laughs> and and so, so I told April, as I was preparing this, it's like, I just feel like it's just building and building. And uh, I, I have a lot uh, of scripture tonight. I'm really not even sure which ones I'm going to share tonight. But there's this idea that the Lord's been stewing in my heart for about a month and a half now. And the Lord confirmed it in my heart in Fort Worth, Texas, as I was laying on my face, repenting to the Lord. I'm repenting of things like pride, arrogance. Some stuff that I didn't really know that was in there, but the Lord certainly revealed it to me that was there and that I needed to deal with it. Yeah, I need to let him deal with it. And then once we got that stuff out of the way, he starts speaking. And he starts showing me some stuff and like literally showing me things. And and, and so I want to ask like, well, thank you, Jesus, because that's exactly what you've been speaking to my heart about. And then I had someone later that evening, Jordan Verner, which is a, a friend of Dr. Powell and I's, Jordan came and had no idea what the Lord spoke, but he spoke into me and he said the exact same thing that the Lord had been showing me through scripture and the same thing the Lord showed me when I was laying on my face. <laughs> then I received an email this morning from someone that does not know me that said, hey, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you this. Same thing the Lord showed me when I was on my face. Same thing Jordan Verner spoke into my life. Same thing that I've been wrestling and working with for like a few weeks now. <clears throat> so I'm like, well, I guess this is really what the Lord wants to do. One of the things I think that the Lord wants to do in this church with our people, and this will make sense here in a second, and, and I'm going to contrast two things, and then I'm going to kind of walk it out for you what it looks like. I, I think a kingdom culture is a seated culture, as in seated. We sit down. And this will make sense, okay? In the Old Testament, we're going to use Moses as an example. This is what Moses would do in the Old Testament. Moses would climb the mountain, like, like in Exodus 19. I'm not going to read the passage. But in Exodus 19, Moses climbed the mountain. He would be in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord would begin to speak to Moses what he wanted Moses to tell the people. And so Moses would then run down the mountain. And tell the people everything that God had said. Okay, that's amazing. It's really Amen. amazing the Lord trusted Moses. I'm like, I'm not knocking that, okay? But there is a more excellent way now because of New Covenant. So, New Covenant, it looks like this. And you could do that with nearly any of the prophets. They would ascend a hill and the Lord would speak and they'd come back down and tell the people what the Lord said. New Covenant looks like this. Jesus would climb the hill whether it's a Sermon on the Mount or lots of other, I'll just read them right here. John chapter 6, Jesus climbs a mountain and he sits down and he ends up multiplying five loaves and two fish and he feeds 5,000 people. But when Jesus climbs the hill and he sits down, the people ascend the hill to where Jesus is at. 
Matthew 17, Mark 9, Luke 9 is the, mount, uh, uh, is, is the transfiguration of Jesus. Jesus ascends the mount and brings people with him. Okay? And there's some scripture, there's some verbiage in there that insinuates that they actually got to the top and they sat down. And they saw Jesus transfigured, and then the knuckleheads was like, let's build some tabernacles up here, but that's, they're missing the point. Jesus invited them to a place, an elevated position, and said, let's sit down. Then, in Matthew 5, I'm going to read this one. Matthew 5, 1, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. So Jesus saw the people and said, I'm going up to the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and not just the twelve, but all these people came up to where Jesus was. I think this is a picture of what the new covenant model of Christianity is, and I think it's a picture of what we as individuals, how we should be living our life, and, and, and if anything, I, I need to model it so that it gives other people permission to do it. Old Covenant, we relied on the prophet to hear from the Lord and come and tell us. New Covenant, we sit our lives in the presence of Jesus, and if we stay seated in this position with him in the presence of God, it causes those around us to elevate the way that they live their lives and become seated with Jesus as well. We'll say that again. New Covenant Christianity is... I live my life seated with Jesus, and I'm going to read some passages here in a second. But I live my life seated with Jesus. So I ascend the hill of the Lord, I sit with Jesus, and it causes other people to elevate their life. It should. Amen. It should. That's really what discipleship is, by the way. It's saying, I'm going to live my life up here. How about you come join me? Because it's much better up here. Amen. It's a lot better up here, actually. <laughs> Let me read this these verses and then I'm going to start taking off and actually preaching. <laughs> Drives me nuts to go to slime. Psalm 24. Psalm 24 verses uh, 3 through 5 says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Well, let me let me let me def actually let me define seated first. The word seated and 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 as I start quest, uh, quoting new uh, New Testament verses, this, the, the same word is used in all of these verses, and this is what it's defined as. When, when it says that Jesus ascended the hill and he sat down, it means to make a seat, to sit down, it means to rest, it means to rest, and it means to stay, and it means to abide. So Jesus climbed the hill and he rested. Jesus climbed the hill and he was abiding. Okay, so you have this, have this definition. So now, in Psalm 24, it says this, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? So if I'm saying that we need to all ascend the hill, then we need to define who can actually ascend the hill of the Lord so that we come, can become seated with Him in heavenly places, right? And so, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? <coughs> he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to falsehood and who has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Okay, so who may send the hill of the Lord? 
The, the, the one that has clean hands. Well, what's clean hands? It means the one that's been forgiven of your sins, right? It means that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've given your life to him. It means that you're following him. It means that you are actually, it means that you are free. It means you are guiltless. It means that you are innocent. So if you're in here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus, it's really easy. You can say, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done. And he will forgive you, right. and he'll make you innocent and guiltless and blameless while you're sitting right there. Hallelujah! Yes. Then it goes deeper. And this is where I think we need to really pay attention to. Who has a pure heart? What's a pure heart? <coughs> Our language, lingo, we say those who are sanctified. Those who are filled with the Spirit. I've asked the Lord to forgive my sins. But what about that propensity to sin that's in my nature? What if I don't have to struggle with sin anymore? What if I can be done with it? Doesn't mean I won't be tempted, but what if the Lord just said, let me cut that off so you don't wrestle with that anymore? It means Ezekiel 36. Yeah, Ezekiel 36. The Lord says, I'll remove your heart of stone because he wrote on stone tablets in Old Covenant and I'll give you a heart of flesh so that I can write my laws, your word on your heart, right? Why? So that you'll be able to follow my decrees. Why? So that you will be my people and I'm going to be your God. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. If you're in here tonight, if you're in here tonight and you've asked Jesus into your heart and you're wrestling with guilt and shame and condemnation, if you're struggling looking at porn, if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol, if you're struggling with, with anger, if you're struggling with lust, if you're struggling with greed, I want to pray right now. But if that's you, I just want you to stand up. I feel like the Lord's speaking, so I'm just going to break away from this. If you are tired of wrestling with sin, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to pop up right now. I'm not trying to make you feel weird or awkward. Okay. Lord, I pray for whoever's in here tonight. I pray right now, God, you remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I pray you fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray you sanctify them through and through, God, so they no longer struggle or wrestle with sin anymore. They don't have to live defeated. They can live victorious, God. I pray that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So if that's you, and you prayed that prayer, and you were embarrassed to stand up, I want to assure you the Lord's good and faithful, and he will fill you. Amen. The rest of Come on. Just walk it out. So, so, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? So, so we do this, all right? We, we ascend the hill of the Lord because we've been saved, and because we've been filled with the Spirit, we automatically have the right to ascend the hill. <coughs> Mind here, I need my water, please. <coughs> and then it says that he shall receive a blessing. So if I ascend the hill of the Lord, it says I'll receive a blessing. Well, what's blessings? Uh, it's not a bunch of money. That's right. <laughs> it's peace is what the word blessing means. It, it's really cool. It means that, it, it means, it says he shall receive, verse 5, he shall receive a blessing. Blessing means peace, a gift. It means that he shall receive rest. Some of us need some peace and rest. Yes. And I'm not talking about sleep. 
I'm talking about your mind's always striving. Your mind's always going this way, that way, doing this. I gotta, I'm wrestling with what I need to do. What if, what if the blessing that God wants to give to you right now is peace and rest Amen. for your soul Come so on. you don't have to stress out anymore? Yes. <coughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So what does seatedness look like? Let's start looking at this. I've been sick this week, so maybe the Lord doesn't want me to holler. <laughs> Psalm 4610, you guys know this verse I've met. Be still and know that I'm God. The NASB, the, the one I read from most of the time, says cease striving and know that I am God. Do you know what be still means? I bet you do, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> It means to be still. It means to sink down. It actually means to sink down to the point to where you become seated. And the word seated means to rest. So rest and know that I'm God. Quit trying to manipulate. Quit trying to stress out and worry and fret. But let's rest and know that he's God and that he's in control. Some of you in here, the biggest fight that you have is the battle that's in your mind. It is. That's me. I'm just going to tell you the truth. My biggest fight is the fight that's up here most of the time. It's not what people say. It's not this. It's, it's like you feel like you want to step out and all of a sudden you hear something telling you that you're an idiot for wanting to step out. Or you, you want to step out and, and fear creeps in and it's like, well, what about resources? What about finances? What about this, that, or the other? What's people going to think? Are people going to think I'm crazy? Sometimes I feel like I'm swimming upstream, Lord. That, that's what I feel like. The Lord says, cease striving, sink down to the point that you're seated and know that I'm God. What would it look like for a company of believers to become so seated in Jesus that when all hell broke loose, and it will, that we didn't stress out. What would it look like to the people around us? I, 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 I did look weird to them. <laughs> but seatedness, it, it's a place of rest, and it's a place of power. Amen. Get this. Luke 24, 49 says this, and behold, this is Jesus talking, behold, <clears throat> I'm sending forth the promises of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Uh, I think uh, another version says, go and wait until you receive power from on high, or go and tarry until you receive power on high. That word that's used right here can be translated as this. Be seated in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Mm. Sit down and rest and wait until you are clothed with power from on high. Now what's amazing, that's Luke 24. Acts chapter 2, this is so cool, exact same word, Acts 2, 3, and there appeared to them, now I'm not going to talk about this here, but there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. 
So I'm not going to talk about the language of stuff, but it said that they rested on them. The word rested is the same word that was used in Luke 24, 49, which means that the power of God came and sat upon them. Amen. Wow. Actually, the, the power of God came and became seated upon them. So, so it, it looks like this. If I become to the point where I no longer strive, I no longer strive, and I become seated in Jesus, that it automatically qualifies me to receive power Amen. from on high to sit upon me. Amen. Now you understand this, that when, and, and I'm, this is an original quote, but the Spirit of the Lord is in me for my benefit. We just talked about being filled by the Spirit. It's, it's so that so that I can know him and have that relationship with him. That's right. But the spirit comes upon me for the world's benefit. That's right. Amen. And if the spirit is not upon us, then we cannot make a difference in the lives of the people out That's there. Right. Okay? Then yeah, it's just it's just useless. So we become rested to the point where his spirit lands on me. And actually the word seated, it'd be like this, make yourself comfortable. Okay, I read one expositor that said that. So if I make myself comfortable and wait on the Lord, the Lord's presence is comfortable resting on me. <laughs> I mean, that's like. So we're a yeah. It's really amazing. So as a people, or as a church, River City. We've been called to live our lives in a posture of rest. Yes. It's the same word, too. Where's, uh, and I'm, someone will probably have to tell me, um, but I looked it up. Uh, the, the story of Mary and Martha, mm -hmm. where Luke 10. Luke 10, okay. So Mary is resting at Jesus' feet. It's the same word. It just has a different prefix at the beginning of the word. It's the same word that's used here in Luke 24 and Acts 2. Okay, it's the same word for rest. So she's resting, becoming seated at Jesus' feet, and her sister's making grilled cheese sandwiches for Jesus that he didn't even ask for. What would it look like if we postured ourselves at his feet and become stress-free, right, and clothed with power that rests upon us that we could freely begin to give away to those around us? Amen. Amen. It's the same type of power when Acts chapter 3, when they say silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. That's right. mm -hmm. You can't tell someone to get up and walk unless the Spirit of the Lord's not upon you. Come on. So I, I just want to tell, let's, this is hard for me. There was a lot of things, not bad things, there were a lot of things that I was like, oh, I gotta take care of this and do this. And last Friday, laying up here on my face. And by the way, I, if you want to lay on your face, if the Lord speak, lay on your face. No one's going to think down of you here. That's right. Amen. Yeah, amen. And it's not for a tent. I can just tell when the Lord says do it, do it. Come on. So stupid. Come on. The Lord said, I'll start taking care of these for you if you would just become seated enough to allow me to do it. Amen. Yes. Some of you in here need to allow the Lord to become, move in your life, but you need to be seated enough to allow him to do it. That's right. 
All right, let's look at the next thing. When you become seated, it's a different viewpoint. Ephesians 2, 4, and 6 says this, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive with Christ. By grace, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us, same word, same word, and seated us with him in the heavenly places. So that in the ages to come, he may show his surprising riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. <coughs> so it's the same word, has a different prefix to it. But it means seated with him in the heavenly places. Amen. It means seated, and I've told, I think, Chris with this. It means to be seated with him and seated in him. That's what it means. So that's John 17. I abide in him. He's in me. All this type of stuff. It's hard to understand, but it's, it's true. But I am seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. What's the heavenly places means? It means that I'm seated with him in the place of spiritual activities. In other words, I've been seated with Jesus, and I have heaven's viewpoint now. That's right. Amen. So think about it. I've received heaven's viewpoint. So if God has seated me in the heavenly, I, I think it's, I think that, I think this is probably the best way. I'm going to move your jacket for just a moment. Yeah. So, so it's like this. It's like this. I'm living my life. All hell breaks loose. My kids go off the deep end. I lose my job. I'm having troubles at work with my boss. My finances just absolutely stink. I don't have that relationship with my spouse that I used to have. My kids getting trouble at school, and, and I'm always stressed out, and I can't sleep, and, and it just seems like that every time I start to get ahead that something goes wrong, and, and, and the harder that I try to fix the situation, the worse the situation gets. And when you're in the situation down on the ground, you can't see your way out of it, right? It's like it's like, what, what am I going to do because it's right here in front of me? And what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is saying that if you would get seated with him, you have a higher vantage point, which means that, that I can lift myself self up out of that situation. I can be like, I see that that's going on here, but now that I'm up here with him in heavenly places... I have a different point of view. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Which means that, you know what? My kid has went off the deep end. Now, Ethan has it, but my kid has went off the deep end. But you know what? I have hope because I know that all things work out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his name. It, mean, it means that I may have lost my job, but the Lord has provided for me time and time again. It means that I may have more bills right now coming in than uh, than money coming in, but I'm going to trust the Lord because he has showed himself faithful Amen. time and time and time and time again. Yes. Where I may have a loved one that's lost, and I know I see all the mess that they're in, but he's lifted me up, and I have a different point of view. Yes. Some of us have stuff going on in our life right now that we need to get a different point of view Come about, on. man. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I, it's illegal. Let me tell you this. If you are a follower of Jesus, it's illegal to have no hope. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's illegal to be a pessimist. Come on. Yeah. 
How can I? It's, let me tell you, it's easy to be a pessimist when I've got all this crud around me. Well, since I'm not allowed to say in church. It, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be hopeful when all this stuff's going on around me and it's all I see. But if I can remember who I'm seated with, Amen. who That's lifted right. me up out of the muck and the mire, Amen. I can begin to have hope. That's yeah. right. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Some of us need a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm not telling you to ignore what's going on right here, okay? That's just dumb. I mean, it is. I'm telling you not to let it eat your lunch. That's right. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you that, that even though this is going on, and it's really rough, and we're not disregarding that it's rough, because sometimes life is really rough. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that I'm up here with him. That's right. And I see a way out. Yes. And that way out is through him. Now, I may not see the whole way, but I know that whichever way he moves, that's yeah. the way I'm going to go. Yeah. That's my Amen. way. Yeah. I want to encourage you. That's why, that's why the Bible also says fix your eyes on the things above. Yes. Look where you're yes. seated at, man. My, my, my friend and mentor Rob says that, that we get down here in the muck and the mire and we try to think we have to fight the devil. And, and he says, why do you want to fight a battle with a loser, right? Why do you want to do it out right yeah. here when you can just be like. <coughs> I'm seated. Yes. I'm in a position of rest. And actually, this is actually a really good illustration of what it looks like to become seated. Because it's not, it's, it's not what it is. Yeah. It's not what it is. When you are seated far above, it has this prefix that, that means like relaxed. Yeah. April gets so upset at me when she drives, I like to put my feet on the dashboard. <laughs> She's like, Michael, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm relaxed. I'm praying for dear life that we don't die, but I'm relaxed. <laughs> it's, but it, you understand what I'm saying. We need a different perspective. And we need a different perspective because there's a lot of people out there who are really hurting. Right. And there's people, let me the problems that are out there are no different than the problems that are in here. That's right. Come on. What makes this different than what's out there? is that we know that he is good no matter what. Yes. And he's going to yeah. see us through to the yeah. other Thank side. Jesus. And that's what people need to know. You're struggling with addiction, he's going to help you through it. That's, that's right. Amen. Yeah. Yes. You're struggling with whatever, he's going to help you through it. That's yeah. that's what's different about what we have. Yeah. Come, Come on. on. Oh. I had, a, I had a message that, like, Facebook's an amazing thing, but sometimes it's like the worst thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Powell family saying amen right now. <laughs> I had someone send me this great big long drawn out message today on why we need to be up in arms because the end of the world's coming. Yeah. Because of this, this, and this. And we need to be afraid. Like, and I replied, I said, are you reading the same Bible that I was <laughs> Because I read the end and we win. Yes. Now, if we have to go through whatever, exactly. whatever, we win. I don't yeah. care. We win. Yeah. Amen. 
quit stressing out about it. Quit looking at the blood moons. Or someone told me one time it was called blood morons. <laughs> quit looking at that stuff and stressing out about it. Get seated with Jesus in the heavenly places and get a different point of view about life. And quit worrying about everything, man. Just start praising him because he's good. Some, someone in here today has a situation that you're so stuck in it that you can't see the forest for the trees. Get seated above and get hope, man, because he will help you through. Yes, he will. Amen. Yes. I can't preach it like I want to because my voice, but I'm telling you, it's really good stuff, folks, to get yes. seated with him above. Yes. Yes. Amen. <coughs> seated it qualifies you to experience the miraculous yes. and we'll prove it right here now it makes sense it makes sense and, and we hear stuff like this sometimes and, and, and by no way this is just confidence in Jesus this is not intended to be arrogance or anything like that but sometimes we don't see the Lord move because we're so stressed out and like I've got to do something right uh, well what if we become seated, be still, and know that I'm God, and just be like, I don't know what you're going to do, but I know you got this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we don't see God move because we don't give him a chance to move. Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, you know, we don't have carpet in our house. I'm going to make fun of my wife for just a moment, but this is okay. My wife is a little bit OCD about carpet when we had it that she likes the vacuum lines to all be perfectly straight. When I vacuum, it's just like, whichever way you vacuum, it's going to get vacuumed, right? I don't even know where I'm going now. I started giggling at your face. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I know now. So, so sometimes when I would go to do it and because she couldn't handle it and, and like after a while I learned what she wanted and I, I know I could do it right now. But she would jump in and take it from me before I even had the chance. Some of us, some of us want to try and do stuff or we want the Lord to do stuff and we jump in and take control before we allow him to do that. And I promise you, the results that you're going to get with him, it's going to be a lot better Amen. than with the results that you do. Yeah. Okay? So be seated. Look at this. It qualifies us for the miraculous. Look at, look at John 6. And this will actually probably be the last story we go through tonight. This is an amazing story. And by the way, the miracles of the loaves and the fish, by the way, there's two instances, two different stories. And you know that, that in these stories, that the time that they brought Jesus more stuff, it actually created less blessing. When they brought Jesus less fish and less bread, it actually multiplied more, which is, by the way, which means it really doesn't matter how much you bring him. If you have absolutely nothing, he can do a lot more with Amen. nothing. That's right. All right. John 6, I was free. John 6 says this. 
After these things, we'll start verse 3. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. By the way, wouldn't it be amazing if we were walking through Walmart and you saw someone who was sick and you prayed for them and they got really radically touched by God and Amen. someone came and pulled on your shirt towel and said, would you pray for me as well? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yes. I just think it's normal. It, ha it does happen. You have no idea. Verse 3, it says, Then Jesus went up on the mountain. Verse 3, Jesus climbed the mountain. And he could because he had clean hands and a pure heart, right? So he was not sin, and he had a purified, sanctified heart because he was fully God and fully man. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? He was. Okay, yes, thank you. So he ascended the hill of the Lord. He climbed up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Same word, rest, becomes seated, to wait. Now... The Passover feast of the Jews was near, and therefore Jesus, lifting his eyes up and seeing a large crowd was coming to him. So Jesus sat down on the hill, rested in the presence of God, and it caused other people to climb the hill as well to get into the presence of God. <laughs> and he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that they may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he knew himself what he was intending to do. <laughs> Sometimes Jesus asks rhetorical questions. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, <laughs> for everyone will receive a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad, I like that, he was Scottish, there was a lad here <laughs> who has five barley loaves and two fish. But there, but, but, but what are these? For so many people. Jesus said this. Have the people sit down. <laughs> Same word. Same word. Have the people sit down. So Jesus sat on the mountain. The position of rest. Not worry. Not striving. Relax. The situation comes up. The people are like, what are we going to eat? And he says, sit down. Be still know that I'm God. Yeah, it's really cool. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number about 5,000. So they only counted the men. Some of you know this. They only counted the men. So real numbers is probably about fifteen to 18,000 people was conservatively how many people were there. So 20,000 people, men, women, and children, climbed the hill. And he told them to sit down. Yeah, it makes it even more impressive, right? So they sat down. Jesus took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Meaning that those that may not have sat down, they didn't receive anything. Think of that. Right here, verse 11. Jesus took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. To those that were in that posture of rest. He began to bless. Amen. Amen. Some of us have ascended the hill of the Lord. We've been saved. We've been sanctified. And we get into the Lord's presence. And I'm not saying it's your fault. But what I am saying is sometimes that we don't rest long enough or linger there long enough for the Lord to move right. in our life.
likewise also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, meaning when every need that they had was met, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled the 12 baskets with the fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. So Jesus climbs a mountain, sits down. And a lot of this is redundant, but I think it's good to see the thread that goes through the word. It's not just an isolated incident. This is something that runs through the word. Old and new. So Jesus climbs a mountain, sits down. The crowd says, there's something about his presence. And I'm going to elevate my life. I'm going to elevate the standards of my life so I can live in his presence. Because there's something in his presence that's going to take care of my needs. There's something in his presence that's going to take care of my loneliness. There's something about his presence that's going to take care of the questions that I have. I'm seeking direction. I don't know what the next step is. The next step is to get seated in his presence and stay there. Amen. That's it. That's it. And so the crowd follows him and they sit down. And Jesus supernaturally multiplied the bread and the fish. So how does this apply? Like I, and, and again, my, maybe the Lord knows what he's doing. Maybe I actually had to teach through this tonight because like, I want to shout. <laughs> you, you have no idea how hard it is for me to be quiet. This thread through the word has completely messed me up. It's one thing I love, and I'm not an expert in Greek, and I won't even pretend to be, but I love looking up the words, and I have never, I have never seen a thread in so many stories using the same word of, of becoming seated and resting, and then the Lord begins to move after that. I just think there has to be something to it. Yes. I just think there has to be something to it. And, and I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I think we're all theologians to a degree, but I'd like to think of myself as a practitioner. I just read it and just believe it. But I see this and I just think, Lord, there is something to it that if people climb the hill to be with Jesus and they get, all right, I don't know how it's going to get taken care of, but I know I'm with you and I'm in pretty good company. I believe you're going to take care of it. What would it look like for a church, not just for a handful of people in the church, not just for the pastoral team, not just for a couple of people that you're like, man, they're Sally super Christian, what, which is so dumb, by the way. It's so dumb to think like that. And if you're offended, I'm sorry. You probably need that revelation right now. What if the whole church got the revelation that I'm going to go through hard times. Jesus actually promised that. But what if the whole church got the revelation that, you know what? I want to become seated with him in the heavenly places, in the realm of 
spiritual activities in the realm of angelic activities is what it means. I'm going to get seated right there where everything's happening. And I'm going to have a different perspective on life from this day forward. I'm not going to be a pessimist anymore. I mean, there's going to be some days where I'm like, man, Lord, I sure am discouraged. But I'm not going to stay there very long because I'm going to remember where I've seated at. That's right. What would it look like for a whole church to have that revelation? I tell you what, it'll change, it'll change your Facebook feed. That's right. I promise. I mean, like, look at that group of people. <laughs> right? They're a peculiar people, 1 Peter 2 9, right? They're yeah. people from another place, that, or from another kingdom. It looks different. We're not hopeless. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not hopeless. We may not know where the answers, how it's going to come. And there's, I, I just, there's stuff that, I'll be honest, there was some stuff that, that, that she and I were wrestling with, like really wrestling with. And, and I don't know if you've ever wrestled with something to the point that it almost made you miserable, right? Like that's the only thing you could think of. started to see this and then I had that encounter with the Lord I'll just tell you, I'll get weird for just two minutes I had that encounter with the Lord and I'm wrestling with God, what do we do with the church plant what do we do at Crestwood like, I'm, like, like we, we want these things to thrive, you've called us to reach people, you haven't called us just to have a bunch of good services Like we want to change a city, God that's why we came here. We're wrestling with all these things. And the Lord's like, well, you've got this that you're dealing with, and you've got this that you're get dealing with, and you need to repent. And it hurt. I'll be honest. Sometimes when the Lord shows you stuff, it stinks. And it hurts. Because he's like, because the Lord doesn't want to just say, let me take that out of you, kid. Sometimes he's like, let me yank that out of you. <laughs> Let me yank that arrogance out of you, Michael. Let me yank that pride out of you that had crept in. Let me yank that need to whatever. I mean, it wasn't good. Didn't realize it was there, but he showed me it was. So after all this came, I started repenting. Then, and I can't explain it, but I know what I saw. The Lord showed me a picture of being seated above our city with him. Resting and saying, Luke 10 2, may the Lord of the harvest send forth the workers to Louisville. Amen. Yeah. I know it's weird, but that's what we did. And then it's calling forth resources so that we could actually take care of people's needs. Amen. Instead of saying, I pray God meets it, that maybe I pray God you help bless us so much that I can take care of someone else's need. Amen. Amen calling those forth as I was seated and then I was calling forth if you don't know Jesus come if you don't know Jesus come and Louisville's an interesting city in that from the north south east and west there's a highway that really runs through it and as far as I could see in every direction there was a line of cars coming into the city as I was seated with Jesus calling forth 
It really messed me up. I wasn't going to tell you that because some of you are like, oh, what's he talking about? That's okay. I just know that in that moment, the Lord cemented the idea that I needed to quit stressing out about things. I needed to quit worrying about things. I needed to quit trying really hard with some things. Amen. I needed to sink down until the point that I become seated and cease striving and know that he's God. Amen. And the Lord said, go tell your people that. Because some of you need it. Now, I don't say that in arrogance. I hope you can see that none of that, none of this is in that tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot of ways, jokingly, you know, Jacob walked with a limp after he had an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm a man who's walking with a limp now. But this peace and rest that I feel in here right now is real. And I believe the Lord wants our church to have it as well. Yes. Amen. Amen. And I tell you what, if we become seated, we will take our sitting. Amen. Amen. It really will look different. Think about people's lives today. How stressed out we get. I was in line at Heine Brothers. Thank you, church, by the way, for the gift card. (laughs) Favorite coffee place. It was in line there. Love it. Oh my goodness. But I was getting frustrated because it took them three minutes to pour my coffee. It was today. I was sitting there like, check my Facebook three times while I'm waiting on that. (laughs) And the Lord, he's like, Michael, Michael, are you going to be seated enough to see that they're stressed out right now? It's like, oh my goodness, Lord. So I got to talk to the guy and pray with him through the drive through line. But we, we get that way. Ants. What if the Lord doesn't want you to be ants anymore? Right. So I'm done preaching, and this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you guys. And, um, and, and, and I don't know how, uh, you know, once you... Turn that on, just something backgroundy for a moment. This is what I want to do. I say I want to do. I feel like this is what the Lord wants. <coughs> I think, first of all, if you're in here tonight, and, and I kind of did it, I think if you're in here tonight and before we do anything else, if you would like to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to come up here and stand with me. And that's hard because you have to take a step. But if you're tired of the turmoil, tired of the strife, and just like, you know what, I'm ready to, if that's you, why don't you come on up here, and I just want to pray with you for a moment. And if not, that's okay. But I, I really felt, I felt very clearly I was supposed to say that If you're living in sin, you don't have to anymore. If you're living in guilt, shame, and condemnation, you don't have to anymore. He's good. And it's not a thing to make you feel bad about yourself. This is actually a way to just get set free. 
And so if you're in here tonight and you want to say, I need clean hands. I have did this, 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 and this. I, I struggle with drugs, I struggle with lust, I struggle with this, I struggle with anger and greed and whatever. If that's you, he would like to forgive you for it and he would like to make it to where you don't have to wrestle with it anymore. Some will give just one more time. If I